You're listening to the Go Adventure Mom podcast, episode 19. What? 19 episodes? Thank you for all your support. This episode is brought to you by Audible. I don't know about you, but I do not enjoy the mundane parts of keeping a house running, like doing the dishes and making dinner and folding laundry. And I have found listening to audiobooks as such a rewarding way to fill my day. And it honestly makes the time fly. Check out Audible for awesome books that are fun and exciting. Go to audibletrial.com forward slash go adventure mom. Welcome to the Go Adventure Mom podcast, where having kids only adds to the adventure. Get outdoors, see the world, live a full life. Go Adventure Mom, for families who refuse to be indoorsy people. Now, let's go adventure with Kathy Dalton. Hello, everyone. This is Kathy Dalton. This episode is for those of you who want to raise a wild child, children that love the outdoors and being in nature and having fun. Today, we are talking with wilder child blogger, Nicola Souter, and she is the wild schooling founder. She has created this incredible Facebook community, and she's going to talk to you more about how you can join that community. It's a free community, but she is really creating this movement, and it's gaining momentum, so be sure to check it out. We'll include that in the show notes at goadventuremom.com forward slash podcast. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm so excited. So before we jump in to wild schooling and raising wild kids and all this super awesome stuff, will you share with us your favorite place to go adventure? Sure. I feel like a lot of people probably say this, but honestly, it's just our backyard. We have six, we're lucky enough to have 60 acres. My husband and I, in addition to doing Wilder Child and wild schooling and him doing this full time, his full time job, we run a permaculture based agroforestry farm. So the girls are really involved in that. And it's not all developed, the whole property. So there's a lot of wild. We have a lot of forest. We have a pond. So our favorite place is to just because it's just something that we do every day. So it's just, yeah, our backyard is our favorite Whenever we go off the farm, when we come back, we're like, why did we leave the farm? <laughs> so we're going to get t-shirts to say that. <laughs> why did we leave the farm? I love it. Yeah. Well, let's, let's jump in. Tell us about how the farm got started and how you came to own 60 acres. I mean, that's, that's pretty incredible. Yeah, well, I'll give you the short story. So we were going to live with my mom and dad in Northwest Indiana and developed this, you know, generational homestead. And then we got a single pig, two pigs, and they had three sort of slim acres in, you know, almost like suburbia, a little tiny bit more rural, but pretty, pretty much suburbia. And the pro, well, the pigs tore it up, but we loved the experience so much. So it really dawned on us and we just had this deep feeling that we were not where we were supposed to be, which is crazy because we had just that with the whole plan. We had moved from Boulder and moved to Northwest Indiana. It was like, that was the plan. And we just changed the plan, you know, based on that deep instinct and did these 
really intricate spreadsheets. We're spreadsheet people. And so we analyzed like all the small towns everywhere. And it was way too complicated. And we just ended up in um, near Grand Rapids. And the land is so much more affordable. And we got really lucky because there's two houses on the property. They were in pretty, you know, pretty bad disrepair. But my my dad is, he is a renovator. So anyways, he's fixing up one of the houses. My mom and dad are going to live in the one house. We're on the other. And then we're going to subdivide on the 20 acres. And hopefully my sister and my niece and my brother-in-law will be adjacent to us. So yeah, we, we have another t-shirt that we're going to do. That's like, it's not a commune, but on the back, we're like, but it kind of, (laughs) it's not easy to, to, to kind of reintegrate together like this as a family. There's a lot of things that we work on every day, but it's so exciting. And, and we all feel like it's worth, it's worth the effort that we're putting in. So the farm dream was a piece of, was definitely a piece of that. And and tell me, like, timing-wise, did you have kids at the time, or was this before kids? Yes, my first, well, when we moved that first year, I had my oldest daughter. She was only one at the time, and now I have another daughter who's who. So we're going on almost four years, and that first year was incredibly tough because the weather was, I mean, we got dumped on that year and the temperatures were just wild. It was 2012, I think. And so that was the year I really felt like I was alone with my daughter. We we moved here. We were completely alone. My mom and dad were still in Northwest Indiana. I didn't know anybody. I didn't. I was in the country. I mean, this is so much more rural than I'm still half hour to Grand Rapids, but this was way more rural than what I had come from because I grew up around, you know, going to the Chicagoland area. I went to got my grad degree in, in Chicago. And so it was a big shift. It was a very difficult year. And I think that's one of the things that prompted me to start Wilder Child, the blog. Yeah, because I I had been, I just needed something. And I, 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 I was, a, or I was, I am a writer. <laughs> so I got my grad degree in poetry at the Art Institute of Chicago. And I didn't want to write poetry because I just felt like that would just send me down the wormhole and I would never emerge. And with a family, it's just really hard to do that. Any artists out there listening, I feel like you hear me, you know, you're to do your, to do art as a mom, I encourage it, but it's very difficult because you have to like go to this whole other place. But I felt like because I was just loving spending time with my daughter in this wild environment, I was I, I also was a teacher. So writing combined with this passion of childhood development combined with the nature that was all around us, it just manifested in like for me in the perfect way it all came together for me with the blog I just want to go back a little to that loneliness and that isolation because I I can relate I guess I mean I mean absolutely can relate as a mom in isolation but I, I was thinking of my grandmother who came here from Denmark and they were some of the original homesteaders up in Idaho wow and here she was with you know her kids and I mean, like, like you, like out in the country. And I mean, you don't have neighbors for miles and miles and miles. And she was very much a city girl. Mm. And, you know, I was just thinking about her as, as you were sharing that example. 
But I know definitely in my own life, I've got three kids and I've been able to stay home for, I think, the last seven years. And I found it like this sad, like irony of, yes, we love our kids and yes, we love being home and whether we're working or not, there's always like this isolation and yes. like we're all, I, I, I think it's a very common thing that we, we feel this very like loneliness and I don't connect with the people in my neighborhood or I, I, I can't relate, you know, to the people in my, my church or the moms in the pickup at school. And I think that's where blogging and you know building these these communities is so powerful because you're able really to find your tribe and to find your people and to share that story with somebody else I mean I I remember when my son was like I don't know 18 months two and I I had I had just quit my big job big corporate job and I was home with him and it was like nine o'clock in the morning and I'm like I'm out of ideas like I don't know what else to do with you yeah and that was like right when Twitter was coming out and I remember just finding these these women that I was able to connect through on Twitter that were like, you're doing a great job and you can do this and it's okay. And I felt like finally someone else understood. And it, it sounds like you kind of had a similar path with finding the blog and, and being able to share what you guys were doing and then building that community. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, it, it started as something to kind of explore my own thoughts, which I think is of great value when you're, you know, diving deep, kind of going inward instead of trying to seek that outward, especially when you're in the beginning of just moving somewhere. I think it's really nice to kind of take a step back and maybe, at least for me, not jump in to getting all these new connections like right away because I, I learned to rely on myself a lot more. And then the, the, from that, then as the blogs kind of started to grow and my energy around it grew, then it I began to see it much more as something that like I could help like turn outward. And as the blog has grown outward and I've really focused more on bringing people together and helping people that I have also grown socially. So like I have a group of women now who we meet every full moon and it's incredible. I mean, it doesn't even, I can't even believe it's a real gathering. Like we all get together. Everybody makes something so amazing related to the moon and we just share each other's lives. You know, I've never had anything like that. And I think a lot of it is because I was able to find myself through the experience of making a move that was being able, because I know not everybody is able to make a move that was more aligned with who I am and to also explore it and share it through the written word has really, it's helped me make a lot of changes in my life. So I'm really grateful. That's really powerful. I, I think that's really great. So again, like kind of going back to your timeline. So when did you, when you guys moved four years ago and that's when you started the blog or did you start the blog before then? Yep. About four years ago, I started the blog. So not until we moved to Michigan where we are now. And then, you you know, you're, you're up at the crack of dawn, you're farming. (laughs) I mean, what does your day-to-day look like? It's pretty nice. It's pretty slowed down. At least I, I feel like it is. But now I'm working a lot more now, but I'm working in the margins. I'm really working 
I, I do like a miracle morning. So get up really, really early, try to get some time in before the kids and try to go to sleep at a reasonable hour so I can do those kinds of hours. But in terms of like my time with the girls, there's a nice flow to it, which is kind of a mixture of, you know, what their interests are, what our needs are as a farm and kind of where that sweet spot where like we all can meet, it's kind of right in the middle because I think you hear so much about child led. And I, I really think that's, that's interesting because so much of what we do, and I totally understand that sentiment support it, but so much of what we do in our world is really family led is relationship led and out there in nature. That's a big thing for us is that it's not like just what my kids want. And I have to find the person who said this quote because she's brilliant and she inspired me, but I I don't remember who she is. I'll find her. But she said out in nature where the will of the child meets the will of the wild. And I think about that all the time because I think there's this tendency to like nature is its own will and there's push and pull with the child. And that is kind of what happens with us out in our in the farm and in our daily lives. It's just this constant, you know, negotiation. I don't think it's like an, it's a dialogue. It's really a dialogue. And so that's part of our rhythm and flow. And I know that sounds probably like really abstract, but so like if the girls, for example, if the girls don't want to go get up and get the eggs in the morning, that's kind of a conversation we need to have because if we don't get the eggs, you know, then they get stepped on to get cracked. There are consequences for that. I don't really need to force that on them. It's not like a air quotes chore in that sense, but it's always a dialogue and conversation with them, just like I'm trying to encourage their dialogue and conversation with just like nature itself. It's not always going to do what you want it to do. And then what do you do? How do you respond? Like, I want them to have a, a, a tool set for that, like an emotional tool set and a physical tool set for like, that's, and that's life. You know, what if things don't go our, our your way? Like, how can we explore that? Definitely. And is that, the definition of wild schooling to you, really where that will of the child and the will of the wild come together? <laughs> yeah, I think that's like probably what it is about. And the cornerstone of it for me is that relationship. And I think a lot of times what I see, and I completely understand it, and I do it myself, is, okay, what's our nature activity? And that is so great because I do that too. But I think there has to be, what I what wild schooling is really rooted in is this idea that there's a relationship there that, that underpins everything. Nature is not like a nice to have. It's not an activity, you know, it's not a thing that you backdrop your picnic on. It's like, we almost perceive it as a family member. And for me, wild schooling is getting back in touch with that relationship, like inviting nature back into our lives. And that takes time and it takes commitment and it takes, you know, turning towards nature and then nature will just, even if we shift just like a tiny bit towards nature, nature just like rushes up to meet us. Oh, it's like, oh, they, they want to be friends again. So, <laughs> you know, it doesn't take that much. I love that because it really becomes a way of life, right? Yeah, totally. Now, I, I know there's a lot of different ways that people can 
do wild schooling. I, I, and, and let's maybe talk a little bit about that because it doesn't have to be all day, full time, all the time. And not everybody can do that. Yes. So talk to me what that looks like, maybe a little bit about your site and kind of the community too. Yes. So wild schooling grew out of Wilder Child and it's, it's only about six months old. Wild Galing. Now that's the private Facebook group that's and community that's linked to Wilder Child. And that was really an interesting thing because when my daughter turned four, we really started thinking about education options. And we decided to homeschool that we were gonna try it. You know, we're not like hardlining, but we have we are lucky enough and it makes sense for us to walk this path. I don't think it makes sense for everybody. But anyways, we decided to get our own, give our own personal journey a name. And that was initially outschooling. And then again, it just didn't feel right to me. It didn't feel like it, it fit. And then I changed the name to wild schooling, which just ignited. I feel like it was right. It just ignited the community. But then when, when, and so the community started building, growing like, incredibly. I mean, I think we have something like oh, over 15,000 members and growing at almost 2,000 members a week. So this was something that I did not expect. I'm completely humbled by it, by the people. I mean, the posts in there, the lifestyles in there. And so very quickly in managing the community, which has been a journey in its own and it continues to be, was the realization that this was not just about homeschooling or my version of homeschooling, which was, which is great because it, that's really, I, so I turned towards that. And now the group is filled with people from all walks of life, religion, types of education. We have people from all over the world and people who can, can be outside 15 minutes a day and people who are able to be outside with their children three hours, four hours a day. And there is a place for everyone and that makes the community incredibly difficult to manage <laughs> because, um, but it makes it the place that I want to be because it's so diverse and it makes it so much richer. And this is a free Facebook group that you have that is called Wild Schooling and anyone can join, right? Yes. Yes, anyone. I don't screen on any factors. So we'll, we'll be sure to add a link in our show notes and on our site <laughs> if, if anyone listening would love to join that. I'm part of that community and have been for a couple of months. And there's a lot of great ideas on you know books to read, activities, especially like for toddlers, because I, I have a toddler home with me and have used a lot of the ideas that they're doing as well as just inspiring you to get out and, and seeing these, you know, adorable kids that are, that are out and running wild and, and are happy. And I think if anything, it's, it's that good reminder to, to get outside and, and to explore with our kids. And you've got a challenge that's coming up in October. Is that right? Yes. So it's going to be called the 30 day slow down childhood challenge. And if anyone's interested, it's not all nature based. This is really a little bit selfish on my part because going into the holiday season, I feel like we just, we just ratchet up. And especially, you know, it's kind of a paradox because it, well, at least here, the leaves are falling. There's like a downshift. And yet this is the time we, we tend to like press the gas. And so I'm trying to e kind of change that. And I really want to, I want this to be a way to help us, you know, 
just take it a little bit easier on ourselves in, in this season. And it's very simple. It's just going to be like little prompts every day. And there's going to be a community to support it that's separate from wild schooling. So it's not going to be too heavy handed, but I think it's just something that'll help us like connect with each other as a family every day. And so if you're interested in that, that's going to start, you can sign up September 24th, but it'll actually kick off October 1st. And we'll include a link to that as well. And tell me, is that like a sign up? Is there a fee to join? How does the community look like? Okay. It's just free. It's um, you sign up and then you'll get an email every week. There's going to be, and then you'll, a lot will happen in the Facebook group. There'll be live guests one a week, Facebook lives for everything from like decluttering to establishing a rhythm. Yeah. So it's going to be fun. I've never done anything like this before. So I'm excited to give it a try. I'm going to sign up for sure because I I feel that (laughs) the same way. My kids were asking the other day, well, what's your favorite holiday, mom? I'm like, you know, I love Thanksgiving so much because it is all about family Mm. and it's all about gathering and it's all about being together. And for the last few years, we've ended up traveling and it's just our little family. But I think I I definitely feel that 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 ramp up and we all get so overly stressed instead of kind of taking that step back and looking like, well, what's what's the natural flow of the seasons here? And and how (laughs) how can we incorporate that into our lives? I think that's so wonderful. Nicola is going to share two bits of advice on how you can keep your child wild when we return. Do you want to get outdoors more in the new year? Join the 365 Mile Challenge and join over a thousand women that have taken the pledge to complete one self-propelled mile a day in 2018. Registration opens December 1st. Get outdoors, be part of an inspiring community, and you also could win some awesome prizes while you're at it. Register at 365milechallenge.org. We're back on the Go Adventure Mom podcast Our guest today is Nicola Souter. She is the founder of the Wild Child blog and Wild Schooling. Today we're talking about how to keep your child wild, and she's going to share two tips on what you can do to raise that wild child. I'm bad at these specifics because I'm always, I feel like I always am on an abstract (laughs) ideas, but I'll I'll share one thought I have, and then I'll, I'll give you something that's really very specific. I really very hard for me to say one thing because I've seen just how many, like everybody's coming from just different places and and so many different places. And they have so many different conditions that they're operating under. It's almost hard to say one thing, but I can definitely say that across the board, what I mentioned before, trying to just do this mental exercise of seeing nature as, as someone who like if you can't, like if a relative doesn't sit well with you, but like a friend, I think changing that, that's, that, that has been life changing for us. The way really anthropomorphizing nature has helped us so much. And I highly recommend it because you will start inviting nature to like your gatherings like you would a friend. You'll start giving gifts to nature like you would a friend. You'll start including nature in your games and your children will grow up with nature as a trusted friend. That you'll they'll protect nature like a trusted friend. They won't look to nature in fear. They'll look to nature as a support system even when they're grown. I mean, we're not going to be there for our kids for their entire lives 
but they can rely on that connection and that relationship for forever. And so I think that's more like that's the abstract thing that I'm, you know, building everything on. But specifically, I would say tea. <laughs> tea is kind of the gateway because for us, we have we have a we have a little hand and I'll send you a link. We have a handmade. It's free. I mean, it's not just bare. It's practically free. It's like we made a rocket stove out of a paint can and bean a bean can. And we bring that. And now we've upgraded to a Kelly kettle. But we bring it out right on our porch. And so even in the winter, so we have tea in all the seasons. And I think it's a way to get out there. And also it kind of opens the doors to gathering herbs that you can then make, you know, have your tea. And actually it's like a curriculum that is totally centered around tea. So that, yeah, so that that's my specific idea. That's a, those are great, great ideas and, and ways to incorporate nature into our lives in a, a different way than some people may not have thought about before. So thank you so much, Nicolette, for sharing your passion and the things that you love and the, the great journey that you're on with us today. Oh, thank you so much for inviting me on. This was amazing. Thank you so much for joining us on this podcast today. I just want you all to know that I genuinely appreciate you taking the time to listen to this podcast. We are here to serve you and want to know if there's anything we can do better. If there's a topic or someone you'd love for us to interview, head over to our Facebook page at Go Adventure Mom or drop us an email. You can email me at Kathy at GoAdventureMom.com. We'd love to improve and to know what we can do to serve you better. Have a great week and we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to the Go Adventure Mom podcast. For more family adventure, visit GoAdventureMom.com. Plus, be sure to subscribe and share with your friends.